Welcome back to the Todd Duncan Podcast. This is where success happens. A member of the industry syndicate, Todd's goal is to transform your business and life through deeper connections, higher trust, and proven strategies to help you win and give you your best life ever. Hello, everybody. My name is Wayne Angelo, and um, Todd Duncan coach, which I'm always humbled to be and enjoy it very much. A few years ago when Todd called me and asked me to coach, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do that. Today, I'm going to talk about preparation um, and presentation. Um, one of the things I, I often hear when I'm on a, a coaching member call is, hey, Wayne, I'm going to go out and do a realtor presentation today. And I, I want to stop and think about that for a minute. It'd be like going on a date to me. Are you going out there and doing a presentation to somebody you might want to get to know better? So what's the purpose? What's the intent of the meeting? And a presentation is you speaking. A presentation is you presenting all the wonderful things about you and why somebody should deal with you or date you if you want to use the analogy. So imagine you're going on a date with a with a with a girl or a boy or a significant other or somebody you wanted to get to know for a long time, you finally get the date, you sit down, and all you do the whole time is talk about yourself and how wonderful you are and how you're better than everybody else and why the person should be with you. And do you think that's effective? Will that will that help you decide a couple of things? So first of all, preparation. And I'll for a member of uh, the band Rush, Neil Peart, probably the best drummer, one of the best drummers, of course, arguably John Bonham is out there, but of all times. And he would practice for hours before a show. I mean, directly before the show, he'd sit down on his drum kit and pray for three, four hours before he did a two hour concert. And, and every performer on Cirque du Soleil or any of the places you've ever gone, any show you've ever seen, they make it look easy, but the preparation to be ready to go on stage and deliver the best performance is the part that we don't get to see. I play guitar poorly. But when I don't practice, I don't play well. When I practice, my chops are much better. So I'm going to do a little reading today from, from the chapter on the Law of the Dress Rehearsal and then adding some insights to that. But you'd probably be amazed the amount of preparation that goes into a first-rate production. So think about that. Are you out there delivering a first-rate production, a first-rate experience? And this is really, really important in sales, too. Because in sales, we want to go out there and sell. And I go back to my date analogy. Are you out there to sell or are you out there to discover? And a couple of things to, to wonder is, I mean, is this somebody you want to do business with? And I'll tell a quick story. There was a realtor that a referral partner I wanted to do business with for a long time. I mean, big dog, team, lots of people on his team could, could bring me a, a massive loan volume. I asked him for lunch. We're sitting down to do the high trust interview. And I wasn't long into the conversation when he actually looked at me and said, Wayne, I use Jane Doe. And he told me her real name at ABC title and told me the real name because every once in a while, Jane hands me an envelope full of cash. And she said that to me. I looked at him and I said, I'm not your guy. And I, and I knew right then that this is not somebody I want to do business with. I'm not going to do business with him. So when you're out there doing your high trust interview with your potential referral partner, what are you there looking for? What are you there trying to discover? Are you trying to discover if they can give you business? Are you trying to discover if you want to do business with them? 
We're trying to discover if this is somebody that you might want to partner with who together you can deliver an amazing client experience. So I think sometimes in sales, we, we go out there and we wing it. And I tell another story. There's an agent named Casey. I wanted to get to know Casey better. And I, you know, I, I used the methodology of adding value. I sent her, you know, the book, uh, the 10 new golden rules of customer experience. We had a nice dialogue and I, I looked at her on the phone. Excuse me, look at her. I said on the phone, Casey, I'd like to get together with you and interview you. I used those exact words and her response was pretty amazing. She said, Wayne, I know the end game, but I love your approach. They know our end game. They know the goal of a mortgage loan originator is to partner with a referral partner to deliver a great experience. They know what the end game is. So we don't have to make that obvious. We don't have to go out there to sell and try and get business. I never forget. I took a seminar and, and the man wrote on the board. This was years ago. G-I-M-M-E-A-L-O-A-N, which is give me a loan. He said, every time you see a realtor walk up to him and say, give me a loan and you get more business. But, but the purpose of the high trust interview is not to get a loan. That might be the end result of a relationship. But the purpose of the high trust interview is to know if this is somebody you choose to want to do business with, is somebody you want to work with, somebody who can be a partner, not somebody who's going to give you a loan once in a while, now and again, not knowing the quality of what you're getting. And you don't need 50 realtors. You don't need 50 partners, but you need 10 strong, connected partners, not being a vendor to a realtor, but being partners. Sales, you don't, unlike television or unlike movies, you don't get a second chance. Uh, you don't get to retake your lines. You don't have a production crew to edit out your bloopers or create the impression of a flawless performance. You don't get that luxury when we're out there talking to people. I'm reading from, from High Trust Selling. In sales, once a word or action is out, it's out and you can never reel it back. You can't undo the negative impression may have created or regained the sale. It may have been lost. And I've made that mistake. Um, when I was younger, I'm talking to a banker and, and I said, you need what I offer you. He said, I don't need anything. I blew it. I blew it big time. If you go to five irrefutables, number two is it's okay to make a mistake. Matter of fact, you're going to make a mistake. That's just the way it is. But the question is, are you going to learn from that? And what are you going to do about it to change future behaviors? Um, like, like, uh, now I was in a band. I, I played music. You can look at my wall and see all the, all the rock and roll posters because I love music. But I was out there and I made a mistake in a, in a band. People didn't generally notice it because it was a song. They're not really paying attention. Don't have their undivided attention when you're on stage. And, and most people aren't musicians and don't know if a small mistake happened. We knew. But our goal was to keep moving forward through it and learn where that mistake happened and move on. But are you prepared? So when I went to that, went into that interview with Casey, I literally had questions written down. I literally had down on paper and pencil or typed out the questions I was going to ask. I thought about it. I was prepared and I wanted to discover. I wanted to learn. The goal is to learn. Reading from the book again, the truth is that most salespeople are not prepared to succeed when opportunities actually present themselves. 
And how are you going to know it? If you're talking all the time, how are you going to discover how you can serve that referral partner, how you can together serve the client to have a great experience? And it's unfortunate, but I think people do a lot of this. They really do. They go out there and you get a chance to meet with a realtor group or a referral partner and you just talk the whole time. I recently had a really interesting experience where I was out with a small crew of realtors. Uh, we were at a breakfast meeting and I was asking questions. I wasn't talking. And then the question I, I was talking about, the question I asked was, how do you follow up on the people that you've done business with up to this point in time? It was kind of funny because it was a, a guy and a girl are getting married in about two weeks, actually. And she just started laughing. I mean, she literally just started laughing. He looked at me and said, I could do so much better job of that. And I said, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, what, what's your process to actually do staying after? And I took a few minutes to coach him. I said, I'm just gave you two quick suggestions, John. One is call every single referral partner on their birthday. Every, every referral partner, every client. Every year, I've said this before, if you've seen me speak before, I get a call every year from a guy named Dan. Every year on my birthday, he calls me and says, happy birthday, Wayne, every single year for a decade. If he didn't call me, I'd worry. Um, this year, he called me and asked when my wife's birthday was because my, my wife and his wife know each other. And he called my wife and wished her a happy birthday. I got three, 400 Facebook birthday wishes. And I got one phone call. What do I remember? So are you going to be the one phone call they remember? Because if you don't remember them, they won't remember you. Hashtag Todd Duncan. Secondly, as a realtor, as a referral partner, I asked John, I said, do you do an annual review with every client you've sold a home to within on the year anniversary about and discuss market conditions, schools? How are they doing? Are you doing those two things? Just simply two simple things that will keep you in touch with those people. And then we talked about the power of a referral. And that every customer that you have sold a home to, John, should be one referral every three years. Are you seeing those type of results? And he wasn't. Then we go back to metrics. So let me ask you a question. What's your average sale price? From there, I can do the calculation of the commissions. And I asked him, how many properties does he sell a year? And how many properties has he sold? We did the math and we saw how many missed opportunities there were for him to have much more business. But I only started by asking questions, questions of what are you doing? How are you following up? And it was really insightful. Most salespeople are not prepared to earn a customer's trust, and they generally don't. So when I was out there talking with this crew, I wasn't out there telling everybody how wonderful I am. I wasn't because it doesn't matter. It's like that date. You're going to go on a date and sit there and tell everybody how wonderful you are and why you know, you're the best. How do you think the other person is going to perceive that? I remember listening to Todd 20 years ago, and this was a little different era, but he said, go take your, your number one realtor and ask him to sit in the office and see what mortgage people say when they walk through the front door. What are they saying? How are they selling? Are they discovering or are they just literally talking about themselves the whole time? So I, I keep hearing on, on some of the coaching member calls I have a realtor presentation and I immediately want to stop them because, you know, the great PowerPoint, it's all set and ready to go. 
They're going to talk about how wonderful they are, about how their underwriting is better than anybody else's, which we know is not true because we all sell our loans and they want to be sellable to agencies. There are overlays and, and that can be discovered. But the purpose of the discussion is to find out who it is you're, you're talking to. Who is this person? How did they do business? You know, what is important to them? And I'll go back to Tony Marklin. You probably saw it um, the other day on one of Todd's on Todd's Irrefutable uh, program. It was amazing, by the way. If you missed it, you know, you really missed something special. But he went back to his number one referral partner after 15 years and took a deeper dive into their relationship. He had never done it before. Um, I was coaching him at the time, and he was nervous but excited. And after he started those conversations, the, the relationship went so much deeper than he had ever experienced with her. They actually ended up helping her christen her office, and and they became much better friends because he got past the vendor-vendee relationship and found that her core needs. What what was her purpose? So as you're listening to this today, I'm going to ask you, what is your purpose? I want you to really write that down and think, what is your purpose for getting up every day? Is it your family? Is It can't be about things and money because if you're not happy with what you have, more is not going to make you happy. And most people have a much deeper core value than just making money. And if you had more money, what would you do with it? And these are high trust questions to learn about that person. The average salesperson has to make dozens of sales attempts before landing one sale. It's true because they're selling. I love the methodology and it works like a champ. If you haven't done it, I'm going to strongly suggest you try the methodology of, of the sales pyramid add value. Well, how do you add value? I love to take the book, The 10 New Golden Rules of Customer Experience. I love that book. I send it to referral partners, that book specifically, because what that book tells them is my mindset. I care about the customer experience. And in this world today, if you don't care about the customer experience with what you're seeing online, I saw a video from a home builder uh, last week people are actually literally buying homes online, never seeing the house, never seeing the lot, going into a website, picking the lot, picking the house, designing the house, all without a realtor. And then there was a button on the bottom, apply for your mortgage. So they're capturing all the business. That large national builder had 15,000 hits in the first month and a half. So if we're not staying in touch with our customers, um, it's just a follow up. And that's an important to ask your realtor partners, because one thing I want to make sure to do with my referral partners is to work together to stay in touch with prior customers so that they don't get gobbled up or they don't get solicited by someone else. Remember, your prospect, excuse me, your customer, is someone else's prospect every time. So what are you learning? The law just says that great performance, you must be well practiced. Are you really well-practiced in asking questions? You're probably well-practiced in talking about how wonderful everything is about your company and how you have the best rates in town, which nobody has, how you have the best product, but nobody has. But are you practiced in asking questions and responding to questions? So if you want to gather trust from somebody, you have to learn about them. You have to understand who they are where you can know if, if you can trust them if they can trust you. So some things, I mean, do you have trouble talking to prospects? 
do you and what do you say you walk into an office you're, you're at a function you see somebody do you go right into sales mode and tell them how wonderful you are or do you go into relationship building mode to learn about them and what they're all about um so the goal is to build a relationship and that's not selling that's listening you have to listen more than you talk but we don't somebody asks you a question like what are your interest rates i love todd's response best i've ever heard interest rates are certainly very important discussion and we will certainly get to interest rates i will promise to cover that but before we go there help me understand more about your product mix you know what you your client mix how you do business learn about them if all they care about is interest rate probably not a good referral partner for me because um, I mean, I a realtor I was doing business with, and I found out that he would take my quote and then go shop it. Literally, take my quote and go shop it. I chose not to do business with that person anymore because all they cared about was interest rates. And guys and girls, you have to understand something. It's not all about rates. Yes, rates certainly are paramount, but it's more about the experience. You pay a little more for an amazing experience every time. Um, when you have an objection, are you prepared how to respond? When you have somebody who, who throws something out and doesn't, how do you how do you respond? Because it's generally the best way to respond is to dig down to the core of what the objection really is. And I'll just give you a quick example. It's probably not the best, but my wife will come to me and say, you know, what are you doing Friday night? Do you have any plans for Friday night? And I know that what she's really mean to ask is, hey, Mary, and I want to go to uh, the Fulton on Friday night. Is that okay with you? But they'll start by asking a question, which is not the real question. So the, the goal of the high trust interview is get to the core question, the core understand the person. When somebody says no, what do you say? What do you say to somebody who you're talking to? And I'll give you a quick story. There was a, this, this realtor that I really liked her. We were great friends of this day. Um, and I was out, I called her for probably six months. I, we, we had lunch and finally I said, you know, Sandy said, you're probably never going to give me business. And she goes, well, why would you say that? I said, because you've used Stacy for a long time. Stacy's a great loan officer and you guys are good friends. She goes, Wayne, thank you so much for understanding that. I said, so let's just, let's just not worry about that anymore. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything that Stacy could do better? And, and from that question, she threw into what, you know, sometimes it takes too long to get my loans closed. And I said, but that really doesn't bother you. She says, why would you say that? I said, because you still use her. So she's still using that person. There's a relationship that's stronger than mine. But I want to I keep this person as a friend because times change. Stacy might get out of the business. You don't know what tomorrow brings. But if you're not prepared to answer the questions asked of you. If you're not prepared to take a no and find a way to learn why it's a no, then what are you out there doing? Are you out there just selling? When I never forget this, another quick, so I walked into a, a real nice car dealership looking to buy a car and the salesman in the first five minutes actually looked at me and said, Wayne, what can I do to sell you a car today? It was over. He didn't know it yet, but I did. We were done. I was never buying a car from this individual because they didn't care at all about what I was doing. They cared about selling me a car. It was over. It didn't take long for that session to end. So when you're out there talking to people, 
what's going to differentiate you from all the other people out there? So the approach. The approach is add value. The approach is learn about the people. It, and if you're going to get out there and, and you're not prepared, if you don't have questions prepared, if you have answers prepared, how are you going to do a world-class performance like Cirque du Soleil or like Rush or any of the bands? I mean, these people practice and practice and practice and practice. So when they go on stage, they do a great performance, but there's still flaws. So the other thing is, is if flaws are okay. If you haven't read Irrefutable, make sure to read Irrefutable. It's, it's huge. It's okay to make a mistake. It's expected to make a mistake. It's, it's expected to fail. So go out there and fail and fail often and fail early. By doing that, you're going to learn from those things. I mean, and there's an endless supply of referral partners out there. In my county, we have 1,500 realtors. If I make a mistake with one, it's not going to kill me. If I ask a question, it doesn't get perceived well. I'm going to learn from that, but I'm going to go out there and do it anyway. Um, prospecting is first an attempt to make an appointment. I'll tell you what really surprises me. It really does, and this is one of the biggest flaws, I think, in the mortgage world, is that we go out there and we sell, but we're just selling versus asking. So, you know, the circle of, of cash flow. The best place to get new business is inside of the transactions. Are you consistently making sure to be in touch with the listing agent, introducing yourself, following up with a weekly communication, seeing if it's somebody you want to get to know. See, when I call the listing agent, when I'm doing a, a, a transaction, I'm not just trying to get business from that person. I want to see if I want to do business with that person. Is this somebody that, that I would like to partner with? Many times it's not, so why bother? But I want to learn about them. So I'll call them, introduce myself and see what they're all about. Sometimes those calls are amazing. So the process is, you know, call the listing agent, of course, call the buyer every week, of course, call the referral partner every week, of course. When it's done, the listing agent who you, you say, I'd like to get to know this person better. That's the goal. I want to get to know this person better. I don't want to sell them on using me because I haven't decided if I really want to work with them yet. But I do know, do I want to get to know them better? So I'll send the book, um, uh, The Ten Golden Rules. FedEx, overnight, they'll open it for sure. Um, we've had some, some different people try different things. One guy sent a, a three-page note with the book telling him how wonderful he is. Crickets, no responses. Somebody just sent a note, and this works tremendously. John, Jim, whoever the listing agent is, I enjoyed working with you. Thank you for helping us deliver a great customer experience. Here's a little book. I hope you enjoy it. I strive to be as good as the people in this book. Thank you so much for the opportunity to work with you. Done. Not asking for business, not selling myself the book. Now, where I think where most salespeople falter is they don't follow up. What happens if you send that book and they don't call you back? Doesn't mean that's a problem. That's a process. So that's when you pick up the phone and you call them. First, to make sure they received the book. You know they did, but let's make sure they got it. And then read the book yourself and say, I really enjoyed chapter three. Or we have our chapters about Mama D's in the restaurant. And, and, and you, you make sure that if they didn't read the book, you want to get them at least interested in reading the book. And then the question is, you know, Jim, I really enjoyed working with you. I really enjoyed helping deliver the experience. What I'd like to do is get to know you better. Would that be okay with you? 
but you got to understand what makes you tick. Would that be okay with you? And the responses are almost always sure. Response could be, well, what do you have in mind, Wayne? That's just that's just a smokescreen to end the call. So, you know, Jim, I, I really can't do this in a two-minute conversation over the phone. I know you're very busy, and I respect that. I just schedule a quick time to get to know you a little better. They say no. They say no. Don't give up. Don't be done because they're busy people. Stay in touch. Send them some information. I'll tell you where else I think we make some mistakes in, in our world of communicating and selling is we'll send an email, we'll send a text, but we don't send a video. I really enjoy sending videos to people. Christmas morning, my wife's a late sleeper. I got up <clears throat> and Christmas morning, I got my cell phone out and my contact list. I sent 150 videos. Just wishing people Merry Christmas. Hey, Jim, thinking about you this morning. Hope you and your family have a wonderful day. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I said about 150 people, and the responses were outstanding. Better than Christmas cards and certainly cheaper. But connecting, actually connecting. One of the reasons, the number one reason salespeople experience stage fright when the opening act is because their approaches historically have not conveyed high value or created high trust. Successful salespeople have rehearsed their lines. A key to the compelling approach, I'm reading from the book again, is to become passionate about your purpose. Well, how can you be passionate about your purpose if you don't know what it is? Seriously, think about that for a minute. If you don't know what your purpose is, are we getting out there every day just to make money? Is our purpose to make all the money we can so we can buy more stuff? Or is our purpose to create an amazing customer experience? And if you go do this today and you don't start putting these processes in place, you won't have business down the road. <clears throat> it's going to go national. You'll have 1-800-GET-A-LOAN. You have realtors with advertisements. We'll do it as low as 2% commission. You'll have builders wanting capturing all the business by keeping it in their site and navigating with their mortgage company, which could be you. But what are you doing? What is your purpose and the value that you can add to your prospect? You can't add value if you don't know where to add value. So, you know, you can tell somebody all these wonderful things, but if it's not the mark, it's not what they're looking for, then you can't add value to them. You should never make a prospecting call without a purpose. I really think that's huge. And I want you to, I want to reiterate that you should never make a prospecting call without a purpose. Is the purpose to ultimately get business? Maybe that's your purpose. My purpose is to see, is this somebody I want to partner with? Is this somebody I want to choose to do business with? Is this somebody that is a good partner to deliver a great experience? Do they have empathy? Do they care? Or is this just somebody that I'm going to try and get business from as a vendor? So I really want you to think about this. And then go back to the, to the high trust interview. Be prepared. Ask questions. Make real sure that you know what you're going to do. Make real sure that you don't go out there and just spew all over them all the wonderful things about you and why they should use you and how great you are because you're going to sound like everybody else that walks through that door. You sound like every other person that's selling, not serving. We are in the service business. I am a mortgage service provider. It's what I do. That's my career path. I'm a mortgage service provider. You know, it's weird. I tell people I don't help them. 
I'm not buying them. I'm not buying them a new car. I'm not giving money to charity. I'm out there performing a service. Look, guys, I realized a long time ago, I'll never be the richest guy in my town. It's not going to happen. And I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. But I want to be the best mortgage service provider in my market. That's my goal. And that's family by family, home by home, you know, dealing with it, communicating, treating them with courtesy and respect. I had a, a lady I had an appointment with. She she called me. She, she texted me. She says, Wayne, I'm sorry. <clears throat> my best friend just came out with just came down with throat cancer. I need to focus on that. My response was, oh, my God, I totally understand. I get it. If I can do anything, please let me know. And I use the Italian expression, la familia tutto, which means family is total. Family's first, beyond besides God is first, excuse me. Family is second. So I'm out there trying to find a family of people that I work with. So be prepared. Have your questions actually kind of written down sometime. Make sure that you know what you're going to do. Be prepared for objections. Objections are great. Objections keep the dialogue going. Objections help you understand about the person. You should listen so much more than you talk. Do you? When you go out there and you and you go out to talk to people, are you listening or are you talking? Are you discovering or are you selling? Are you presenting or are you interacting? When I teach at the Board of Realtors and I teach real estate finance, I present, but I also interact. I make every person in that room have a name tag in front of them and I will call them my name and I'll force interaction. It's more fun for me. It's more fun for them. So what questions are you going to ask when you have the opportunity to work with somebody? What questions are you going to ask? How prepared are you? It's a big deal. So the law of the dress rehearsal says be prepared, practice your lines, know what you're going to say, go out there and discover who you want to do business with, learn about them, and your business will be a rock star, solid. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me today. Thank you so much for understanding that that high trust coaching is amazing. I mean, you can take show people how to double, triple their income and have more time for themselves. And I'm going to suggest that if you don't have a coach, that you get a hold of, you know, as the screen says, toddduncan.com coaching. Learn about what we do. Learn how to grow your business, but learn how to emotionally connect, make better relationships, a much better long-term life business plan, volume, and everything else. Thank you so much, everybody.